The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many the Gospel of the Lord. Well, again, it's a great joy to be here with you all this weekend uh, in your wonderful parish here in North Carolina. This is my first visit to North Carolina. I've been, I dare say, to South Carolina numerous times, so it's a joy to be here and experience the beauty of this beautiful state this weekend. As I mentioned, my name is Father Dre, and I'm uh, a priest of the Archdiocese of Boston, so I hope that by giving my uh, personal translator the weekend off, my accent doesn't get in the way of my message this weekend. Uh, But I am a priest of the Archdiocese of Boston, and Cardinal O'Malley, my bishop, has given me the wonderful opportunity to serve in the Apostolate of Focus, and I first came to know of Focus when I served as a university chaplain at this small little school just outside of Boston, just over the Charles River. Some of you may have heard of it. It's just a small little place. It's rather inconsequential in the grand scheme of higher education. The name of the school is Harvard, Harvard University. And uh, I served there for seven years. And during that time, I invited Focus to come and work with me and the campus ministry staff at the Harvard Catholic Center. And I dare say that it was the best pastoral decision to date that I've made uh, because the fruit that was born and continues to be born is so just rich and beautiful, thanks be to God, uh, in the lives of our young people. And so this morning, I will share a little bit of the good news, the hopeful message of what is happening in the life of our young Catholics uh, through the good work and by the grace of the Spirit uh, with focus. But first, I I find it's so important that we reflect for a few moments on the scripture that has been uh, given to us this day by the church, 
And this scripture passage, particularly the gospel, is one that I think is important for us to take a few moments with this morning. You know, throughout our lives, we have all witnessed a great level of commitment in individuals at various levels. And it's that commitment to a cause or perhaps to an event that drives an individual to great levels of dedication because of what that cause or that event may represent. One example that we all know well is the commitment of an athlete, for instance. Witnessing examples of intense athletic commitment up close and personal, we can appreciate what it takes to succeed and to succeed well in whatever an athlete sets out to achieve, no matter the sport. Commitment is indeed an admirable quality that we all should strive to embrace. Because when we use the gifts and talents with which God blesses us, we achieve a level of success in whatever it might be. And in today's gospel, our Lord is calling on us, each of us, to examine our commitment to our lives of faith. And Jesus' words are indeed very challenging. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? With these words, our Lord laid down the challenge to James and John who were seeking perhaps a fast track to a particular level of status without really earning it necessarily. And he indeed lays down the challenge for each of us as well. In those words, Jesus challenges all of us that we must follow the way of his cross. Our Lord reminds us that if we don't embrace the cross in this life, how can we ever expect to follow him into eternal life. The cross, my friends, as we know, is the standard that we must lift up each and every day and be guided by in order to achieve life, that rich and abundant life that Jesus offers to us all. Jesus himself knew that the cross would be central in his life as he sought to fulfill the will of the Father in heaven, namely to provide us with the path to salvation. The cross, with its roughness and its weight, would be an intense burden to our Lord. But he was committed. He was committed from the depths of his being to see it through because he knew that the cross would give way to something so much greater. It would give way to eternal life for us all with the Father. How then do we commit to and carry our crosses in our lives? How do we follow the example of self-sacrifice that Jesus perfectly modeled for us? What are our crosses in this life? Have we named them? Do we own them? Or do they own us? As I've said, in all that we do as followers of Jesus, we must always keep the cross as our standard to follow as we engage life as Christian believers. Our crosses in this life may at times seem burdensome, but we must never lose sight of the fact that Jesus walks the journey with us because he desires for us to be encouraged along the way so that we can commit time and time again to persevere. Christ makes the burden lighter if only we invite him into our lives and accept his help. 
When we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we too experience a type of death in that we die to ourselves. And by dying to self, we put aside our immediate and particular desires, our particular needs that are contrary at times to what Christ calls us to, and we embrace lovingly a life rooted in his truth, a truth propelled by his words and his witness. The Lord offers us his life for our sake, and he calls us to freely offer our lives in a daily sacrifice of love and service for others. What makes such sacrifice a joy rather than a burden is indeed love, the kind of love that we commit to, which has the power to transform and change our lives and the lives of those around us. Not always easy, is it? Not always easy when the world around us tempts us by other means and other paths. And so as we ponder this this morning, surely all of us gathered here at St. Joseph's know in our hearts that, please God, we are committed to strive to live our faith with a zeal for heaven, with a desire to live God's will. But we also know that there are some amongst us, perhaps a family member or a friend or a neighbor or a colleague, who was raised in the Catholic faith but sadly no longer practices the faith. We know that for some of these folks, perhaps their crisis of faith occurred during their college years. A recent study reveals a staggering statistic that of those who leave the Catholic Church, nearly 80%, will do so by the time they turn 23 years of age. That is just a staggering, staggering number. But I'm not here to dwell on the negative. I'm here to bring a message of hope, a positive message. And so the story that I'm about to share with you is a real story, a true story. And it's the story about a young man by the name of Eric. Eric grew up in a very devout Catholic family on his family's farm in the Midwest. And when Eric left for college, he believed that three things would be awaiting him. In this order, dating, partying, and getting good grades. Thank God he put getting good grades in there. Not that there's anything wrong with dating and partying, but everything in its proper place. After all, we're engaged in studies. And after his freshman year, Eric soon realized that the college party scene was very, very empty. And at that time, he had a really good friend, a Christian, evangelical Christian friend, who was a fraternity brother. And their friendship was a deep friendship, a trusting friendship. And they could talk to each other about anything. And one day, this fraternity brother of Eric's asked him a very pointed question that he had never been asked before. And that question was this. Eric, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Eric stopped at his tracks. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ? What does that mean? Catholics don't talk like that. But he saw in his friend a great sincerity. He saw a joy as he asked that question. And he began to wonder, what is this all about? You know, I grew up in a Catholic family. We went to Mass every Sunday on holy days of obligation. We went to confession a couple of times a year. 
We said grace before meals. I thought we were ticking all the boxes. But a personal relationship with Jesus? And so he began to think, maybe I need to look at this more closely and go deeper. And around that time, Eric had another friend. This friend's name was, name was Jim. And Jim and Eric, their friendship was based and centered on sports, playing sports, talking about sports, everything that has to do about sports. Quick aside, I'm a Boston College alum. Please be nice to me today. Your NC State didn't really treat my Eagles very well last night. Well, my Eagles didn't show up to play. Um, I'm not sure. Don't say, don't quote me on that. But their friendship was rooted in sports. And also, far more importantly than sports, Eric knew that Jim was a focused missionary. And if anyone would know what this personal relationship with Christ was about, Jim would know. So he asked him, can you tell me about this? Jim saw the door opened just a little bit, and they began to have conversations, many, many conversations. They went deeper in what this exactly means and what it means for Eric. Soon Eric began to attend Bible study, small group discussion. In fact, he formed his own Bible study for his fraternity brothers. And after four years, having found out what this all means, Eric decided, you know, I'd like to give to students, college students, what Jim gave to me, a path to draw me closer to the Lord, to commit to my Catholic faith at a deeper level. And so Eric applied to become a focused missionary. He was accepted. He went off to training, served four years on campus. During that time, he discerned the call to priesthood. Never thought about the priesthood before in his life. But during this time, he prayed about it and thought about it. Entered the seminary, was ordained. And in 2014, Father Eric says this. If it wasn't for focus, I wouldn't be a priest today. In fact, if it wasn't for focus... I might not even be a Catholic today. God has changed my life, and focus is the instrument that he chose to use. My friends, I could tell countless stories just like this one, happening on nearly 180 campuses around the country, six campuses in Europe, in the lives of over 800 focused missionaries serving on those campuses, meeting students where they're at. Our college campus is a challenging place. There are conflicting messages out there that can lure our good Catholic people away. But not only our good Catholic people, but those perhaps who are on the fringes, perhaps even those who don't have any faith at all but are searching. To have these young people working under the authority of the chaplain at the Catholic Center or Newman Center, as some are called, to go out and meet people where they're at, no preset conditions, to evangelize as Jesus did, meeting them along the way, growing in friendship, seeking those opportunities like Jim did with Eric to see that door open for a more profound conversation, to help students, young people realize that although the world may say, we don't need faith, faith is old-fashioned. What do we need that for? We all know that we do need that. We, knew, we need the strength of the Good Shepherd to pick us up when we fall, 
to give us a slap on the back of encouragement when we need it. We need the Good Shepherd. And our young missionaries are helping our young Catholics to realize that, that they can go out into the world, use the gifts and talents that God has blessed them with, and do it all with the Lord walking with them side by side. Here in North Carolina, we serve at NC State, Belmont Abbey, and East Carolina University, and we hope to serve at more schools as well. This morning, in conclusion, there are two requests that I have of you. One is your prayers. Prayers for our missionaries. These last years, as we know, have been challenging for us all with the pandemic and all that's swirling around us, the social unrest, everything that's taking place in the lives of our country. These have been challenging days. Pray for our missionaries, that they may have the courage to persevere. Pray for the students that they will encounter, that the hearts of those students may be open to hear the good news, the truth of Jesus, and embrace it with all their being. Please pray for them. In addition, they love to pray for you. This morning in your pews, there is a little brochure that looks just like this. And in the brochure, there's a clip-off envelope. And on the inside flap of the envelope, there's a section that says prayer requests. If you have a particular intention that you would like our missionaries to pray for on your behalf, please fill this out. You can leave it with me as you exit the church this morning, or there are a couple of baskets at the doors as well. You can leave this in the basket. And I will make sure that your prayer intentions get into, the request, get into the hands of our missionaries to pray for on your behalf. Secondly, I'd like to ask you that if you feel encouraged, if you feel hopeful, hope-filled, that the church is making an effort to impact the leaders, the young leaders of our church, who we desperately need to embrace their faith at a deeper level, if you feel encouraged by that through the work of focus and would like to help our missionaries by making a financial gift, you may use this envelope as well today. We would be very grateful for that partnership, that support, that investment in the work of evangelization on our campuses. You may leave it with me today as well, or if you'd like to take it home and pray about how God is calling you to assist in this great work, you may do that. The envelope that's included has a postage paid in Disha. All you have to do is fill this out, pop it in the mailbox, and it will go off to our headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Thank you. Thank you for considering both of those requests this morning. I want to thank you as well for your warmth and hospitality this weekend. Father Peter has been such a gracious host. We had a wonderful dinner last night. And uh, it's a great opportunity to be here in this wonderful parish. Let's continue to pray for each other that all of us may embrace the baptismal call to go forth, to bring Christ into the world, a world that so desperately needs him, a world that will be transformed by his presence. God bless you all. With great humility, let us now go before the throne of Almighty God to place our prayers and petitions that through the church's announcement of the gospel, God's word may reach all places and bring comfort to those who are suffering. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That all government leaders will defend religious liberty and understand the deeper freedom that is discipleship in Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
for all who have left the church or who have never heard the gospel, that the preaching of the church will draw them into the embrace of Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For children with special needs, their parents, and families, that they will be given all the love and support they need. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who serve in the military and in law enforcement, that the Lord will protect them and reward their service to the common good. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the grace this week to grow in humility and the willingness to offer our suffering in union with Jesus. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today's Mass is being offered for Austin Junkins. For those who are sick or infirm and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. And let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Loving Father, let your mercy be upon us as we place our, place our trust in you through Christ our Lord. Amen.